Oh my word. You friends are in for a treat today. You are about to watch an interview with Candace Cooper, the OG host of the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, and she has a bombshell to drop on us today. Her name is Coop. Coop Dog? No, no longer. She is Scoop Dog because she is bringing us some intel that you need to hear. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into it right here on today's episode of the Locked on Tar Heels podcast. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Tuesday, April 12th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, a beat writer for Sports Illustrated's North Carolina site, All Tar Heels. It's a great day to get to be together. I'm so glad you're here. I cannot wait for you to hear this interview with Candace. Some exciting, exciting, exciting news coming up in just a second. But first, I want to remind you that Locked on Tar Heels is free and available anywhere you get your podcasts. And thank you for making this show your first listen every day. And for those of you watching on YouTube, thank you for making it your first watch every day. If you would, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, hit the like button while you're watching so we know everyone who's jumping in and diving in and we can see what those numbers are looking like. Now, it is Tuesday, and so before we can get to Candace, I gotta hit you with our Tuesday trivia because that's what we do every Tuesday. Now. There's a lot of speculation out there in the world about the, the rest of the Iron Five, the four that still have eligibility and if they'll come back. On yesterday's show, I talked about Armando Baycott and my thoughts for him. I said, I think he's coming back. And if he does, he has a great shot to become just the seventh Tar Heel ever to record 2,000 points. And so today's Trivia Tuesday question is this. Who are these six young men not necessarily young anymore, that recorded 2,000 points in their Carolina career. Now, today, because of this interview with Candace, what we're going to do is I'm going to wait and I'm going to give you the answer on the backside of the interview as we wrap the show. So, six Tar Heels ever have recorded 2,000 points. Who are they? All right, let's get to it. Here's my interview with Candace Cooper. Yes, I am joined right now by the OG host of Locked on Tar Heels, Candace Cooper. It is so good to have you. Thanks so much for having me. You know, I'm so glad we didn't have YouTube back when I started this thing because my camera would not have been as fire as yours, Isaac, and that's okay. But, you know, I'm so happy to see Locked on Tar Heels blossom the way it has. They actually, in um, our little megaphone, I can still see the numbers. So I see you getting busy over here. Oh, wow. They, they haven't taken me off the channel. So I'm, I'm over right. here like, okay, Listen. I thought... That's the crazy. You you doing numbers, and I'm really proud no. to see how this has blossomed because I mean you quality content over here. Yes, thank you so much, man. We're just doing the Lord's work, getting <laughs> getting the Tar Heel content out oh, there. The spirit uh, is moving. Okay. Yes. We, yes. We'll have a good Let's one go. today. <laughs> you know it. So, um, Candace, for those who who weren't with us in the early days of Locked On Tar Heels, tell us what you're doing now. Who are you? Yeah. What's going on? No doubt. So I am the host of Locked On ACC. Every single day I have a rotating cast of amazing guys who come in and we talk shop about all of our institutions. And it's been really fun to just talk about basketball, football, new bloods, blue bloods, all of that energy. But, you know, my full time I work now for Under Armour 
as a lead producer for their social content. So it's been a very crazy few months. So a lot is happening in my world, but more importantly, a lot has happened in the ACC, which is nice. I, yes. I like I like ACC being back in the spotlight for good reasons. That's right. Absolutely. It was a it was a rough year, <laughs> people tried to claim. And then ACC comes in with three of the final eight, half the final okay. four. Deal with that, America. Let's go. <laughs> now, Candace, are you allowed to talk about Under Armour on a Jumpman show? Like, what, what are we doing? I know, right? <laughs> it's crazy because some people who you know are part of my Nike family, like they're like, oh, well, you make, make me help us out get deals. I'm like, that's just not how it works, right? I, no. I find myself on meetings wearing Carolina stuff and be like, just make sure the check doesn't show, you know? But, yeah. you know, at the end Absolutely. of the day, <laughs> I love being a part of the Jordan brand and you know all of my stuff is literally nike however yeah. i love people who pay pay so we gonna go there you that. go listen <laughs> some, somebody lit me up in the comments the other day i was wearing an, an under armor uh pullover yeah. on the show and, and i got lambasted for it, it okay awesome. <laughs> so oh man that's great uh big news that dropped just before candace and i dropped on uh jumped in tonight Sierra Toomey, number three recruit in the class of 2023, has committed to coach Courtney Banghart and the Tar Heels over UConn and some other schools. Candace, huge news. Yeah, it's amazing. I think people are not giving Coach Banghart the credit she deserves when it comes to her recruiting abilities. I mean, you talk about her class before then, when she had all those freshmen coming in, number one, like all McDonald's All-Americans, all of that. You talk about the young ladies who are currently on the roster, just sophomores getting it, making it to how far they did. Was it Sweet 16? I'm pretty sure, I believe. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Where they lost uh, South Carolina. Exactly. And I'm just like, you just think about Deja Kelly and how many people are coming in and ushered in Alyssa Usby. I'm just super excited about the growth of what this team is going to be in the next two years. Are you kidding? And especially now where you talk about WNBA draft, which we, you know, we're watching, it pays off to stay in school a little bit longer. I think for some of these ladies, it's going to be great. And with this new addition, how can you not be excited about this Tar Heels team? Man, huge. I cannot yeah. wait to see what the 2022-23 season holds for them. Coach yeah. Banghart, you keep going, sister. Right. Let's do it. Now, <laughs> she is killing it. Yes. We are not here, though, today to talk about the Carolina women's team, although we love you ladies and everything you're doing. My girl Candace, Coop Dog perhaps, we're calling her Scoop Dog tonight because <laughs> sister is here with a bomb to drop for us. So Candace, Man. I'm just going to give you the floor and let you go. What do you got? Yeah. From what my sources have told me, a little birdie has whispered in my ear that the starters from Carolina's team is going are going to remain at Carolina for next season. They're feeling real redemptive, right? They want to run it back. They want to make sure that they give it their all with Hubert. They now have adjusted. They know how to flow with each other. So I'm pretty confident that everyone's going to be returning next year. Pretty confident. Now, now when you say all, all the returners, obviously we know Brady Manick has yes. exhausted his eligibility so he's not part of this equation right but if i'm hearing you correctly you're telling me this is rj davis caleb love leaky black and armando baycott yes all because four you, of them yes if you think about it caleb you know definitely still has a lot of growth opportunities rj knows how to facilitate very well and has flashes but imagine if he could have a full season of the rj that we've come to love armando gets hurt in the final game you know when you test the waters and go to the draft people always count those injuries getting injured late that could in land him in a two-way player position why not come back for another year get that ACC player of the year position that you deserve, right? That title you deserve. <laughs> then you got Leaky, who's just, I mean, he's enjoyed college this long. You might as well, right? This yeah, has been the yeah. best you've had, best season you've had since being on Carolina. Why not one more? Bring it back. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Especially with this group of guys. Yeah. So uh, you, you talked about, I'm not going to ask you to have to reveal who this is, but, but you said you're pretty confident. If you had to put a percentage chance on it as a whole, what, would you, what number would you give? You know, I will never say 100% because people change their mind. That's how we sure, ebb and flow sure. here. But I would give it about 90, 95%. 95%. Yes. Now, would you give that to each? Like, would you give certain players amongst those four a higher note? Like, would you give RJ a higher percentage than you would Caleb, for example? I think RJ is a definite. I think okay. that Leaky is a definite. I think that Caleb may test waters just to get evaluated. And I think Armando can't get evaluated right now, right now because of injury. So he's more sure. on the lean towards a definite. Sure. But I think it's also, you know, you just have conversations. So you, you've noticed how we haven't seen those big, uh, um, what is it called? Social media posts about people like testing the waters or thank you so much for your time, all that kind of stuff. So I think yeah. they're enjoying, you know, what was and kind of relishing in that. But the fact that you've seen tweets and comments from like Caleb Love saying, I miss playing with my brothers. I mean, it's leaning, right? You want to go yeah. play back with your brother yeah. still, right? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So d to that point, do you think they will come out like as a quartet and say, hey, we're all coming back? Or do you think they'll do individual announcements? I mean, I think they'll do individual announcements because it's not the Iron Five, right? And because Brady is not in the mix anymore, I think they'll do their own thing. However, you know, they might come out with something all together as a unit, be a strong quartet. So yeah. I think it's just a matter of um, what individuals want and trying to decide as a collective. But I see yeah. individual uh, posts personally coming out. Yeah. What, what does this say to you about what they think about Hubert Davis as a coach? Um, I think everyone can confirm that these guys love and trust him, and you can just see the growth of their play. I think they had to learn to grow and trust each other. Um, definitely have room for improvement. Sure, <laughs> it's a whole <sure>. nobody. <laughs> but I think the way they have bought into his system has been phenomenal, and I think he's going to have to recognize how to trust a little bit more of that bench. But overall, you could tell how they even trusted their bench, right? They saw some of the bench players really show up and show out for them during tournament time. So yeah. it really is a brotherhood amongst the whole group, not just the starters. I love that. Love that. Can't wait to see what it means for the entirety of the roster. And we're going to talk more about that, get some more of this news from Candace. This is huge, like <laughs> processing it in real time right now. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to talk about that more in just a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the MLB season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering info, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so Candace Cooper is here with us today. She's dropped this monster bombshell telling us that four, the four of the five remaining Iron Five from Carolina's national championship runner-up team that have eligibility remaining, yes, including Leaky Black, who can utilize that COVID year, will be back. And she puts it at a 95% chance. Candace, this is huge news. Thank you for sharing it with us right here on Locked on Tar Heels. This is so incredible. I'm sure people out there are going nuts listening to this. I see people doing this. This is happening. <laughs> I'm feeling it going on. So... Here's the next question. You had just talked about like the, this team trusts 
the, the bench. They trust everybody else. So let's talk about that. What, what does the decision of these four young men mean for the rest of the roster? You know, it's a great question. I think that if you are DeMarco Dunn or Don Trestal, you stick around, right? If you really want to be a part of something that I feel is going to be amazing, you realize that Hubert acknowledges that he's going to have to trust you a little bit more and give mm. you some more playing time and give you some more runs so the guys aren't fatigued at the end of the season and you're going to see your minutes improve. I also think that Puff Johnson having to go in because Armando was a little shaky is definitely going to be a benefit. I mean, he's right there. Like You saw the genetics of Cam Johnson and started to unfold, right? He making some clutch shots when it mattered, making some threes. I think we just get a little more muscle milk, a little bit of the gym time, you know, in the <laughs> off season and you just bulk up just a little bit, right? Yes. And you'd be good to yeah. go. And so I think those three are probably the ones that stand out most to me. I think Justin McCoy is a strong, you know, person in the rotation. I think he offers viable good he offers good defensive moments um, yeah. and he can certainly work on his offensive game during the off season. But for the bench, I think that's going to be the biggest, will they make a run a strong run um, going into next year? Because Hubert's going to have to lean on them. Yeah. So when you talk about those three, about Dontre Styles, Puff Johnson, DeMarco Dunn, do you think all three of them will be on the Carolina roster this coming season? You know, I think that's a great question. I'm putting you, so. on, I'm putting you on the spot with it. <laughs> I truly believe that they all have the talent to be on the roster and they deserve to be in the rotation. Now, I think when it comes to these new age kids, I feel like I'm dating myself. It's all about wanting to be a starter, right? It's all about wanting to be the man. So you have to decide for yourself very quickly because Aunt Harris may return. And what does that look like for your rotation as well? And if you want to get solid playing time and you're ready to go to the league and you feel like you have that opportunity to do so, I mean, I don't understand why you don't, but at the same time, like go for your you know, own ego sake. But at the same time, I think it's all about brotherhood. Again, transfer portal is heavy. You know, as much as you think you're the man, it's a humbling experience when you find those calls don't come in or you're not doing like you go to the next place and the same things happen because That's they've right. already built that rapport and that relationship. So grass is definitely not always greener. So I strongly encourage I mean, this is my testimony for anybody. Like you just, sometimes you got to make it shake where you're at. And then if it's yeah. truly some sort of like mental or emotional thing where you just feel like you cannot stay longer, I think it's always important to do what's best for you. But don't just leave because you automatically assume someone's going to think you're the shiny new toy wherever you go next. Absolutely. And I think that's what a lot of people miss is that the tra there's no guarantee when you enter the portal that you're going to be snatched up. There's a lot of guys that are s left sitting there wanting uh, wanting a ride home from the dance, if we can use <laughs> that verbiage. Yeah, well, um, absolutely. Somebody we haven't mentioned yet is Kerwin Walton. What do you what yeah. do you think he does in all of this? My guy, I love Kerwin. I think if Kerwin wants to stay, he definitely has to work on that defense because of just what we've seen from Hubert Davis. He is very sound. Like he will take you out in a quick quickie if you don't figure out how to guard or block some. You know, so I just think he has yeah. to learn some defense. I think his confidence may have been shot going into the season because he was so yeah. clutch during his freshman year. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it really just depends on what he wants to be. Again, if he finds his way, I mean, I look, I look at some of the UNC greats like Danny Green, Wayne Ellington, right? Reggie Bullock, PJ Harrison, guys who were just really good at the three. And like, they were very clutch. They know when to be in their spot in their corner. If he can gain that shot confidence again, I think he'll be a great addition, especially to that second rotation. Yeah. Yeah. And a big part of that question mark, as you said, is Ant Harris. Will will mm -hmm. he be back? And and if so, he certainly fits the mold of somebody that Hubert Davis wants to have on the court. 
Candace, what about these four freshmen coming in? Obviously, Will Shaver has been with the team this spring semester, but we've got these other guys coming in as well who are going to be looking for playing time. Uh, what role do you think they, how do they factor in to the upcoming season? Absolutely. So you want to talk about old school and Carolina tradition. And I think that they just need to go ahead and get comfortable <laughs> sitting their hind parts down. But I don't <laughs> see Hubert playing them much unless they do something that's incredible, right? You've seen guys like Kendall Marshall come in and take somebody's spot and that things go great for them. I don't necessarily feel like that happens with the egos that are our starters and the guys who, you know, sat this year pretty much knowing that they had, you know, great opportunities. And I think about Don Trestow and how he was the reason that they stayed in that Baylor game, right? And he just made it three out of nothing. So <laughs> I feel like if you're a freshman coming in, you just are making peace with the fact that you might not get the playing time you want, but now that you have the Carolina of old, you are a part of that brand. You are a part of that new gear. You're a part of that, you know, swag. It's hard to say, let me go somewhere else. I mean, Carolina basketball to me got the stamp that they've been longing for for quite some time. Now you have guys who don't mind sitting on the bench. You know, you got yeah. the Levos of the world who are like, I'm just trying to be part of the family tradition. I just want to stay. You know, whenever you need the cream team to come in, let me know. But other than that, <laughs> I'm going to sit right here, you know, get my little jersey on my nice pin, keep it rolling. Yes, yes, I love that so much. So yeah. with with all of that happening, is there anyone you see transferring out this upcoming season? I, if I were going to pick, I would say DeMarco and Kerwin would probably be the guys that ultimately transfer, not because they don't love Carolina or don't love, you know, wanting to be a part of this, but for the sake of, again, wanting that playing time, maybe they just get that nod from the coach. They have those private meetings, those evaluative meetings, and they're like, you know what? I think you'd be better suited somewhere else. You would get more starting time. You would blossom differently or like our styles don't fit and mesh. And that's okay. I think one thing about student athletes, or I'd rather call them athletes because being a student, <laughs> this, I don't like that word. But I think about being an athlete is you have to recognize that this is a business relationship. Like at the end of the day, you don't ever want to sever ties to the point where it's, you know, you burn that bridge to a pulp. Yeah. So yeah. if it's not working for you, don't take it personal. Just know it's a business tra transaction. And when someone tells you, hey, I want you to go shine somewhere else, thank you for your time and go on about your way. Like, don't don't <laughs> wait around like the ex who's like begging for an opportunity. Like, if it's not there, it's not there. Now, yeah. there's a difference between knowing when your opportunity is not there and knowing when you have to put in work. Like, if you know you just have to put in work in the offseason, you got to work with one of the assistants and you're really just trying to get better, that's one thing. But if someone's straight up telling you, you may never see <laughs> playing time, Go shine somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Because Co Coach Davis has said he, like Kerwin, for example, he loves Kerwin Walton, wants him on the court. But if, if the defense isn't there, he won't be. But yeah. if Kerwin Walton can play defense, he's going to see the court. He's Absolutely. as you said, if he just needs shot confidence, and he'll get there. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the questions, obviously, we got to look at the scholarship math. Are there enough to go around for people to come in? Obviously, some of that's going to depend on who goes out. Some of it depends on if Leaky does, in fact, stay as we're talking about today. Because now uh, I've reached out to some coaches around the country and those COVID scholarships do count against the 13 starting this season now. So Leaky's number would count against Carolina's 13. Do you see any need? Obviously, that Brady Manic role is gone and that, he was a huge part of that Iron Five. Does Carolina have that fourth, that fifth starter on their roster now, or do they need to go get somebody? I think they need to go. It never hurts to look. <laughs> it never hurts to look. I mean, we looked and found Brady. It never hurts to just dibble dabble. Like I always say, my melanin, my melanated deficient friends 
You know, they always need one in the bunch. Okay. Yes. You need yes. a sharpshooter. You need one who you just find your spot. He always is good for you. That was Brady for us. I looked at, you know, Duke. And I think the reason why they struggled because they did not have one. They're used to having one. Now, Joey Baker was supposed to be that, but he ain't being that. That's another story for another no, day. No. That's my one little piece of shade to Duke. I can only one time per show. But I do. Right. You're on Tar Heels today. This is not right? ACC. There we go. I don't have to be, you know, unbiased. There we go. So I think that they're going to have to find a sharpshooter. I think that can be Kerwin. I think he has to find defense. Now, Brady wasn't the best at defense either, um, but he certainly made improvements. I think if they're going to have a shooter on the team, it's going to be Puff Johnson. Again, mm. the genetics of, you know, having that cam in his system, I think the way we saw flashes, he can make tough shots in really big moments. And he's not scared of the moment. We just need him to avoid getting punched in the stomach. We'd be good to go, you know? So yes, I, I think he's the, I think he's that guy. He just has to gain, gain confidence and definitely put on a little bit of weight. Yeah, for sure. So let's get back to these four guys that are coming back to school before we move along. What mm-hmm. What do you think are the biggest factors in their decision-making? Did did Is it NIL stuff? Did, did they get a taste of something they liked in the, in the Final Four and want more of that? What What is it, Candace? I definitely think it's what everyone has dreamed Carolina basketball to be for these young men. Like you look at the COVID year and not having fans. You look at last season and not and finishing with sort of, I don't want to say a losing record. You did all right. But having <laughs> having the coaching change and having to adjust to all of that and doing having some ugly moments even in this season, I think you put yourself in a better position if you do return. So I think it's a pride thing, number one because you know you are right there, you know how close you were, and you know what it takes now to be consistent, put yourself in a position to not be a number eight seed, to play probably in a different pathway to getting to the national championship. It's a lot easier when you're a higher seed, right? Not saying that, you know, you can't have Cinderella, St. Peter's type teams, but you put yourself in a better position, right? You were literally on the bubble. Now you have the confidence of going in and potentially winning the whole thing. I also think it's NIL. We love. We live in a new world where you finally can get compensated for just being who you are, your name, image, and likeness. And so from what I've heard just across the board in terms of you know revenue-generated sports, it's very much pay for play. And, I mean, it's always been that way. Now it's just – now we're going to acknowledge it. <laughs> and we're, we don't have um, reg- legislation yet in place, but it's a wild, wild west. Like, I'm, you know, I don't even like that, Sweeney, but he ain't lying. Like, it's just – Whoever, whoever can get you at the top dollar, they're going to do it. And I don't blame because that's the nature of capitalism, right? Everyone yeah. wants yeah. to get the best player, and I'm going to go for the place that's probably going to pay me the best. And so I think not to say that Carolina players are getting paid the most money, but they're not. their pockets aren't hurting. You have guys who you know, have a lot of great endorsement deals off the strength of their Carolina name alone. So why go to a team like, let's say, Sacramento Kings, that's not the same. Like, you're not going to have the same kind of endorsements or pull in a city like Sacramento no. as you do in Chapel Hill. I mean, hell, Brady Manick never has to buy a beer in Chapel Hill, right? <laughs> he has he has T-shirts. He has all this merch. Like, they embrace Brady off of one year. Can you imagine what this season is going to look like and how many opportunities are going to be available to those guys? So, And, you know, just frankly to say, we're not talking $50,000, $100,000. We're talking half a million dollars, right? We're talking really? multi-million okay. dollars. Yeah, so, like, the – the numbers are making you say, I can get a full salary off NIL alone, not just for the deals that I get from being a basketball player and all the other stuff. So it's it's a big, big man's game, big money over here. Oof. What what what's the biggest number you've heard across D one? 
Yeah. So I had, I heard that one college D1 where like, I'm going to say that's a university where they're known for their one and doneers. Man was getting $2.5 million possibly to stay and compete for another season because they want a natural championship that badly. And that's not chump change. $2.5 million to a 18 and 19 year old. Uh, that's not chump change to me, and I'm 38, Cantus. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> if anyone let's... ever put two point, if anyone ever put two hundred fifty thousand dollars in front of my face, I just don't even I'm in. know how it would act. I'm in. Right? What, what do you I'll, mean? I'll, I'll run around <laughs> Times Square naked for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I mean, okay. come on. <laughs> like, it's so crazy how though. Literally, when I was in school, went into I graduated in 2012, and that was the year like all the scandal of the AFAM study, all that kind of stuff. I was an AFAM major. And, you know, people would interview me and they would ask me, like, what would you do and all this kind of stuff. And I said, you have to come from a perspective of people who were not allowed to receive any benefits. Like, that was my era. No benefits. We didn't even get free snacks. Like, I got jealous of the kids because they got free snacks. I was like, if you tell me I'm going on camera and just, you know, complain about not being hungry and I was going to give me some free food, help us, Father. So (laughs) I tell them all the time, I was like, if you sign up to me as someone who, you know, is very, has a middle class family, but let's say I'm a lower class and I need something. You say, I'm going to put $10,000 in your pocket, walk the other way, have a great life. You think I'm not taking that $10,000? Okay. Like, yeah. let's be honest with ourselves here. You would take the $10,000. If you were a liberal arts student who was just like going to like play for some jazz band, you know, that world-renowned jazz band, and they said, hey, I'm going to give you 10 k but, you know, it's, it, it's not, it's impermissible, but you're going to do it anyway, you would do it. So, like, yeah. let's go ahead. Let's, let's be yeah. honest with ourselves. <laughs> And, and this conversation is something we're going to unpack in more full detail on another show is just talking to Candace about her experience at Carolina as a swimmer and everything she was going on with there at her time. And so cannot wait for all of us to get to hear more of Candace's story at another time. And so today we're going to move into one final segment. And, and what we're going to talk about is what happens from here? What are given these four young men coming back, which Candace is telling us she believes 95% is going to happen. If that's the case, what are the expectations coming into the 2020-22-23 season? That's so hard to say. Too many twos. Too um, many so, twos. So Candace, I want to start by asking you about the team, and then I want to ask you about the individuals and, and what yeah. you think their expectations are. So first off, what what is your expectation for the I'm not even going to say the number anymore for this upcoming season's men's college basketball team, Tar Heels. Where do they get to? You know, I used to be very much high on this. Like I'm a tough love kind of like big sister when it comes to Carolina athletics. You know, once you graduate, you're very hard on them because you have high expectations like university of national champions for a reason. I saw a national championship my freshman year. I worked at Carolina in 2017. So like I've been around greatness for a very long time. So it's hard for me to see anything less than, so I'm not going to hold y'all. I was the one on the lockdown ACC. Like they ain't got no heart. They ain't tough. They, I don't know what they're doing. Like, I called them out. But it wasn't from a place of malice. It definitely wasn't from a place of, like, I know we are better than what we're showing. And I think that mm-hmm. going into this season, I wouldn't say the expectations are high. For me personally, I'm not even going to hold anybody. They don't have to do another thing for me. The way they beat Duke twice in a very big moment, I'm good. You know? I can go – I can die happy. But I will say – you know, now you know how great you can be. Why not show that every single time? You have to beat the teams you're supposed to beat every single. We don't want no, no more pit games. No Pittsburgh. Right? Yes, that's right. <laughs> We're not having no pit games, you know, no pitfalls, none of that, all pun intended. Like, 
we need to just be dialed in and focused for the matchups we're supposed to win. Of course, you're going to come up short, but you also have had opportunities last season where you played the Purdue's, you played the Tennessee's, and you looked horrible. You played the Kentucky's, you looked crazy. You got to show and have a little more fight for people that come in next season and aren't ranked as well. I think that's going to be the expectation. How you do in postseason, it is what it is, but you definitely have to have put up a better yeah. fight. Yeah, yeah, you're spot on. I love what you said there, Candice. The NCAA tournament is this random event where you have to win six straight games against high, high quality opponents, and anything can happen on any one of those days. Yes, we see the example of 81, Carolina lost in the national championship to Indiana, 1 in 82. 2016, they lost the Chris Jenkins shot. And then 2017, come back, redemption. We could even look at 2008, where they lost, got doors blown off by Kansas, and then came back and won that national championship you talked about when you were a student. Mm -hmm. And so we've seen these examples, but I don't think in a random event like college basketball, that can be the expectation. There, there is yeah. hope for that. But I, I love what you're saying there. Um, yeah. That it's just win the games you're supposed to win, be tough, come out and compete night in and night out. Yeah. And I, like perfect to say it's a crapshoot NCAA tournament. I mean, literally Armando Bay got twisting his ankle when he could have had a layup and we would have won national championship. That will forever haunt me. Right. Yeah. But I say all that to say, like, you got to move on and you have the new season in front of you. It's a different beast. And now you have a target on your back. People know you can be an eight seed right. and run the gambit. So you're going to, everyone's going to want to beat you. But I think that's what's good about this Carolina team again, you now know that's the pressure. Everybody wants to beat you. You you didn't, you got it before, but it's like that pit team, they're going to talk about that forever and always. Like we went into Chapel Hill and we won. Like that's the, what they love and live for. So now you have to understand that as you go into the season, people want to beat you for a reason because you have that you know name on your chest. So you have to play like that every time you go out. Absolutely. And, and it feels like Carolina this upcoming season is going to be like what UCLA was this season. Had made that out of nowhere run to the Final Four, almost beat Gonzaga. And then we they had a great year this year. They fell short to Carolina. Um, but it was still a, a strong year for UCLA. And, and that's just the weirdness of college basketball. Yeah, I picked UCLA to win the whole thing. And so when we were playing them, I was like, you know, if we fall short, First of all, let me be clear. I didn't think they were making it out of Texas. So <laughs> let's just be honest. But when they play UCLA, I was like, yes, this UCLA team has that redemptive energy. They want to come back. And now they understand, have a couple good games under their belt. For Carolina to shoot them out of the um, game, it's like that was just wild to me. However, I also see that coming into this season, you're going to have a random team that just can't miss anything. So you're going to have to play, just hope for the best and really be on your game. You can't yeah. shoot yourself out of the game. Caleb Love, I'm looking at you, buddy. Um, you got to <laughs> just really try and play your game. It's going to be essential. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of Caleb Love, that, that's what I, I want to hear your thoughts on next, Candice, is we've got these four individuals coming back. What, what are your expectations for each of them? Let's start with Caleb. Yeah, so I think, you know, Caleb definitely is on demon time when he plays Duke. I need him to be like that every single <laughs> important moment. Like he knows how to step up big for teams he hates. Like you have to pretend everybody hates you, right? Whatever it is, you, whatever is your click, your thing. If you have to wear blue shoes all season, do what you do, right? I think it's just really important for him to understand his role and not try and overdo your role. Like understand your assignment, do your assignment. And, you know, sometimes you are going to shoot from the logo. We all have to make peace with this. We're going to say, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, fine, yes. whatever, you know? <laughs> Fine, fine, fine. We're all going to hold our breath every time he shoots it up. But I think it's about shot selection for him. Can he make better okay. shot selection going into next season? Okay, let's stay in the backcourt. What do you think about R.J. Davis? 
man, RJ, I just need consistency. Like when the whole team is down, I need you to, you know, step up and like really ride the train. Like don't match your teammates energy if they're not feeling it. Right. Because I think sometimes he got caught up and there are times that he was literally the man. I want him to be able to elevate. So I think some of that maturity in terms of being a vocal leader, not necessarily one that has to like overdo it, but for him that, that, that vocal maturity is going to be clutch. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And then th- who will now be the elder statesman, Leaky Black, coming back <laughs> for his fifth year. The the uh, should have been defensive player in the year in the ACC, potentially, according to some people. But I think we've seen more of that in the NCAA yeah. tournament. What are your expectations for Leaky this year? Listen, I think, you know, defensively, one of one of one, you absolutely know how to stop the opponent. But I think it's for him. He's got to have confidence in that shot. We have talked about Danny Green, like three and D. Wayne Ellison, if you know how to play defense, you will stay in the league a long time. And it doesn't matter if you travel to different teams, you'll find a position for yourself if you can play good defense. For him, it has to have confidence in his shot. I think you see at times he hesitates and it's like, nah, go ahead. Like, just breathe and make the shot. He ain't always going to make him. And that's okay, but neither <laughs> do your teammates. So, like, let's just let's have a little more confidence in that shot. Yeah. Okay. Finally, Mr. Dub Dub himself, the man in the middle, the man wearing all the point guard numbers, number five, Mr. Armando Baycott. What's his season hold? You know, I really think that he should come back to uh, reiterate how good he is. Because I'm not saying this season was a fluke. I don't believe it was a fluke by any means. Mm. I don't think the stats were stuffed by any means either. I think if he has another big man in the rotation, he can still get those points, still get those rebounds, and still kind of reassure and reaffirm folks that, yeah, he is the man. Get his player of the year title outright, leave no doubt. I think the confidence for him is when he goes up against opponents that you know are similar to him or maybe even a little bit better, I think how he matches their energy will be important. And how he plays on the inside, you know, defensively and offensively, not do the extras. I think he struggles sometimes with doing the extra selling things. Like, you're too good for that. <laughs> there are some people where I'm like, I get you have to sell, but he's way too talented to have to do that. So I think for him, he just has to heal, one, two, and just <laughs> maintain that confidence that, you know, you've kind of seen he has when he feels like he's better than other people. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, Candace. last thing I'll ask you to predict. We talked about the team to start this segment. It's the last Monday night of the college basketball season of 2023. Is North Carolina cutting down the nets as the national champion? Where are we playing? Houston? Well, we like it where it's hot. So I'm going to say we... Man, that's a great question putting me on the spot because I just feel like NCAA tournament is just so you just don't know. You just don't know. I would love for – listen, I would love for them. I talked so much junk this year that I'm like, fine, just fail forward. Like, okay, <laughs> do what you got to do. Like, just shut me up. I'm fine with that. I think they're going to make a Final Four appearance appearance at best. Would I love okay. for them to make the national championship? Sure. But I'm not – you know, I just can't – maybe by me saying that, they're going to go ahead and do it. So we're gonna, <laughs> we just going to do some reverse psychology up in here. I'm saying, oh, yeah, they're they not going to do it. Because I don't think they're going to go. If they can make a national championship, they're not going to lose. But they got to get there. Yeah. Okay. So Candace Cooper giving us a final four prediction. We'll, we'll let it rest there. Yes. But seriously, scoop dog. Thank you for bringing <laughs> us this news tonight. Uh, we feel uh, so special here on Locked on Tar Heels to get to hear this information. Again, remember, Candace Cooper is saying from a little birdie that Caleb Love, RJ Davis, Leaky Black, and Armando Baycott will all be back in Chapel Hill for next college basketball season. She puts it at a 95% certainty that she sees that. 
And this is great news for Tar Heel fans everywhere. Cannot wait to see what year two of Hubert Davis holds. Candace, thank you so much yeah. for being with us. A hundred percent. And guys, if I'm wrong, I really don't care if you come in my comments. <laughs> just let us know right now. And be like, oh, yes. you were so sure. Yeah, but people change their minds every single day. I'm pretty That's confident, right. though. However, I will say I think that what Isaac is doing here is so great. If you guys are not following him, subscribing to his channel, you are doing yourself a disservice. So make sure mm -hmm. you guys get all of that content here from Isaac because he's doing big things. Awesome. Thank you, Candace. We'll talk to you soon. No doubt. Wow. Well, that is some news. We have huge things in store for us next year. Cannot wait. Obviously, we're going to have to wait and see the official announcement when it comes out. But uh, for now, I think there are a lot of very excited Tar Heel fans out there. Let's wait to see it. All right, before we sign off today, I promised you the answer to today's Tuesday trivia question. Who are the six Tar Heels ever to score 2,000 points in their career? I'm going to start at the top and work my way down to number six. Number one, right at the top, you know it. None other than Tyler Hansborough, 2,872 career points. Coming in at number two, the man that he beat, Carolina point guard legend Phil Ford, who scored 2,290 points. Third place, none other than Sam Perkins, 2,145 points. Fourth on the Carolina all-time scoring list. You might have thought he was a little bit higher, maybe above Perkins or Ford, but it's Lenny Rosenbluth. The dude scored every point ever. I think if... There were more games in that era. He would be higher on this list, but he had 2,047 points. Next, fifth place, Al Wood, 2,015 points. He might be one that you had forgotten about or didn't name. And then sixth and finally on this list is Mr. Charlie Scott, 2,007 points. So there's your list. That's the six Star Heels to ever score 2,000 points. For reference, Armando Baycott has 1,301, so he would need 699 points to hit that 2,000 mark. So it's very attainable, very possible for him. All right, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Please go and subscribe to the show anywhere that you listen to podcasts. It's available to you. Subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Hit the like button. Do all of that great stuff. If you would, follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnHeels. And you can follow me at Isaac Shade. That's I-S-A-A-C-S-C-H-A-D-E. And also, if you would, go and rate and review the show, especially those listening on Apple Podcasts. That's a great place to review the show. Five stars. Leave a comment about why you love the show so much. Well, coming up to on tomorrow's show, as I said, I'm going to unpack the scholarship math a little bit. Like, with these four guys coming back, what does that mean? Can we get any transfers in for the Tar Heels? Or is there anybody now going to transfer out? We're going to look at all of that tomorrow. And also, ex examine the case for Caleb Love to come back. We talked about Baycott yesterday. We're going to talk about Caleb Love tomorrow. So we'll be on the lookout for that. Now, you've made, hopefully, Locked On Tar Heels your first listen, and now I want to encourage you to make Locked On NFL Draft your second listen. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey, listen, thanks so much for taking part of your Tuesday to hang out with me, talk Carolina sports. Hey, it's a good day to be able to do it because you got some hopefully very great news. But most of all, remember, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, peace!